unique podcast taking you behind the badge. Unbelievable stories exploring the day in the life of a first responder. 911 is made possible by Carlos Bail Bonding and Eric Buchanan and Associates, fighting for those that have been denied disability, life, long-term care, and health benefits nationwide. Now, here's your host, DeMarlin Dean. Welcome to 911. I hope everybody's doing great today. You know, um, it's time for the holidays and, you know, we got Christmas coming up and I know it's a crazy, crazy, crazy time of the year. And today we have a little bit of a different guest. We have um, a young lady who started as a corpsman in the Navy and became a nurse and has been a nurse for several years. And now she's actually getting into law enforcement a bit. So we'll find out why she's going from a cool career like being a nurse to doing something silly like, you know, being a security guard or law enforcement. So we'll learn all about that. Um, she also has her own podcast that I'll let her tell you about. And she's written a book. So lots of cool things to talk about today. But before we get started and before I introduce my guest, I want to make sure that you all know that if you have an injury or a disability or, or something that causes a disability and you can't do your, you know, your job anymore and you've been playing, paying for disability insurance, you know what you're supposed to do. You need to call Eric Buchanan and Associates. Give him a call. He has been with me from day one. A great guy. I talk to him often and he wants to make sure he and his company get you the benefits that you deserve if you've been paying for that disability insurance and you do incur some type of disability that prevents you from making a living. Call Eric Buchanan and Associates at 877-634-2506, or you can just go to BuchananDisability.com. Again, that's BuchananDisability.com. And, you know, like if you're a nurse and then you have some type of just, you know, maybe you have a brain injury and you can't perform those duties anymore. You need to call him. I, I think I shared with you guys the story of a a um, a builder. He was a, a contractor and he had a brain injury and he couldn't, you know, he could no longer build houses, but he was helping his daughter in a sandwich shop. And the disability insurance company said, well, dude, if you can make sandwiches, surely you can still build houses. And they denied his claim. And it was just it was unbelievable. But he called Eric Buchanan and Associates. Eric Buchanan got him the money and the, uh, you know, the benefits that he deserved. And that's what it's all about. Eric Buchanan and Associates. But it's on to my guest now. She's got 14 names. Stephanie K. Baker, Baker Jones. (laughs) Stephanie, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic. How are you doing today? I am doing great, Stephanie. So as I said in my intro, you have, um, you know, you're you're, you're retired military. You have eight years in the U.S. Navy, which, you know, women in the Navy, there's all kinds of we can talk about that all day long. And then you went from there to uh, United States uh, Army Reserve, where you became a a nurse, a surgical nurse there. So we're going to talk about some of your stories, um, you know, from that nursing industry. But go ahead and tell me now why you, you, you gave all that cool stuff up to now becoming an armed security guard. You've been doing some security, but now I think you just, you know, we, we talked about um, an armed security guard now. What's that all about? Well, the, the, the truth is, and you'll, and you'll understand this, is that the armed security professionals, that's Army. That's the same, it's the exact same thing. 
And of okay, course, even, okay. even in the Navy. So I was Navy enlisted. So that's 18 years old. And, you know, we were we were doing M16s then. Right. True. And I got out and I went to the Army. And of course, in the Army, I'm an officer. So I get a nine millimeter. Carrying that nine. <laughs> but I always I always said I want an M16, too. I want both. All right. Okay. If I'm, if, if Pistol I'm packing mama. Well, but if I'm protecting my soldiers, I want to get them when they're over there. I don't want to wait till they're on me. You yeah, know, I that's true. Nine, but if you're on that's me, true. but if, but I, but if I've got people that I'm caring for, I want you. I want to get you over there, right? Yes. So I yes. want. I always said I wanted both, and they always laughed at me because you know you, <laughs> you're you're nursing. But you know, then I got out, of course, and my brother says, "Go to do, do Allied Security." It's like the military. Yes, yes. I yeah, feel you're like right. I'm it's home. not a stretch. I feel like I'm home. It's like I, you know, I was, I was so look, I was so happy being uh, retired. You know, not uh-huh. doing anything, not doing anything because I'm retired. But now it's like I got my family back. You know, yes. my the guys at work, and so it's like it's just it's it's just the military, but better because I'm retired. <laughs> I understand doing it because you want to now, not necessarily yes. because you have to. Yes. You know, I think yes. sometimes, at least for me, I forget, you know, when you get into the military, and you have a job, you know, like like you in your te- in your case, you were a, a nurse. You forget that you're a soldier first. You're still a soldier. And then your job happens to be a nurse, but you're still a soldier first. If it comes yes. down to it, you got to drop whatever you're doing, grab that weapon and go fight. <laughs> that was actually our unit motto. Soldiers first. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I have to I have to do a better about that myself, about, uh, you know, keeping that in mind. You're a soldier first. So it's not a big stretch for you to come out <laughs> no. and want to go into security and, you know, yeah. play with guns. That's You just yeah. want to play with guns. I I, I see this you know, right now. It's so it's so funny because, again, too, I'm, I'm the oldest person there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <And> <laughs> How does that only, make you feel? Well, you know, they don't I don't look as old as I am. So they don't they they just they can't believe it because. I'm healthier than all of them, and I'm actually go. more, and I'm actually more fit than all of them too. But you know, there I'm, you go. I'm mama, I'm grandma, but it's like, but don't mess with me though. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I hear you. I hear you. Now, how long have you been um, a security guard? Just, um, just since January, I actually began. Okay. Um, yeah, January. So I'll be coming up on a year pretty soon. I was going to say we're going on a year. Now, have you had any and I know that we didn't talk about this or this wasn't on the questionnaire necessarily, but have you had any interesting encounters uh, being a security guard? Or has everything been pretty much status quo, pretty quiet and just, well, you know? Yeah. Well, the place that I am is such a beautiful facility and uh, campus. So it's a, it's a fenced campus. So really, the only uh, anomalies we get is we get a lot of wildlife. So we have deer okay. that come in and out and they, you know, I, I had a there's there's one that. She likes being in the compound and I've mm-hmm. had a couple interactions with her because it's like, OK, now, look, you look, you can go ahead. I'm not going to bother you, but I'm not going to run up on you either. And then they go, oh, the deer, they're they're harmless. Yeah, well, uh, she can stay over there, though. She, as long as she's harmless from a distance. Right. Right. Because because they're still animals. I don't want you running up on me because you're still big. Right. And I'm not. And she doesn't know you're about to get your weapon. And, you know, you we we know you like to shoot. So that poor, poor Bambi. Well, and then, well, you know, that see the good part about being a security professional and you know this observe and report, (laughs) observe and report. I'm not shooting nobody. (laughs) <laughs> that's right. That's right. I say oftentimes uh, that that our that law enforcement, you know, not first responders in general, but law enforcement in particular, 
are lazy. You know, we don't want, we're not trying to, we're, we're yeah. not trying to rest you. You do that. You get that out of your system about the first year, maybe two yeah. years. And after that, you're trying to do as little as possible to go home uh, at the end of the day without bothering anybody if you can do it. So nice right. to see you have that same, that same, oh, yeah. uh, that same mentality. I'm a healer. I'm a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. So tell me, uh, 18 years old, you, you enlisted into the U.S. Navy. Why, why the military and why the Navy in particular? So, um, so I ended up going in delayed entry, right? So my father was in the Navy. My father was okay. in the Navy. He did four years. He was um, just, just very, an educated man, right? And of course, you know, at that time, being an educated black man was already wrong. You're already wrong if you're an educated uh-huh. black man. And he was. He was very intelligent. So I wanted to be that, of course, because that's my dad. And he was an inventor and just uh, an intellect. And then my mom nice. was a nurse. So I was like, okay. I'm gonna be a Navy nurse. That was my that was my thing. I'm gonna be a Navy nurse, and you know, of course, I'm in school. I'm teaching CPR. I actually joined delayed entry, so I was in the military before um, before I uh, graduated. Now, so this people talk about me because I was a sea cadet. I was a <laughs> wait a sea cadet. I, I was a sea cadet in Portland, Oregon. There was a group called Sea Cadets. So I would go okay. to the meetings. We got uniforms. We went to the meeting. I did correspondence courses. Okay. So so when I went in the military, I was an E two. Okay. Re- recognize I wasn't an E one. I was an E two. I was somebody. <laughs> I was somebody. I, I, think, I think my son my son did the same thing. I hadn't heard of C cadets, but I guess that's just yeah. the same as you know he was an ROTC and yep. did all of that yep. and since Very he did similar. it all four years and he was a you know he's an element leader and all that. So when he came out, he was a I guess a A one C. You know he right. he's a couple um, of steps ahead. Right. I understand. <laughs> Overachiever. Overachiever. But that's why I went in because my because my dad and my mom. So I ended up you know so Navy nurse was my goal. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. So you did that for eight years and then you decided to go to um, Army Reserve and continue well, so, your, to continue that career. So the Navy messed up because I got out of the Navy. I went to nursing school and then I went back to the Navy recruiter and said, I'm a nurse now. Right. As a mm-hmm. nurse now. <laughs> and they were like. They were like, well, come back when you have a bachelor's degree, because I only had an associate degree. Okay, they said, come back okay. when you have a bachelor's degree. So I'm, I was slinking out the office all sad, and the army yeah. said, we'll take you with an associate we'll degree. We'll take you. <laughs> so I went over there. And, and actually, my mother, my mother was actually in the army as a chaplain. And so her thing was, come to the army, because there's more of us in the army anyway. Okay, right. So, Right. So that was like, okay, well, I'll do that. Then I'll go in the army because then again, there's um, more camaraderie. There's a lot more family because you do have a lot more black officers in the army than you in the army. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, and this was, you know, I'm not trying to tell your age or getting your business, but we're talking about a long, long time ago. Well, yeah, I I was born in 1960. I'll tell I'll tell it because I don't care because I look good. I know. I love it. <laughs> so, I'm, so I'm 62 years old. All right. Okay. All right. And, and so, so you were I'm going almost, into the army. I'm almost middle aged. I'm almost middle aged. 
Hey, that's what I keep saying. I was sharing with my uh, my wife and brother-in-law, mother-in-law today, because my my brother-in-law, he turned 62 yesterday. Okay. And I keep saying, I was like, man, I remember when I was 30 and I thought 50 was old. And when I got to 50, you know, I was thinking 70s old. And here you are, you know, you're 62 and looking great. I'm like, man, it's just so encouraging. Um, of course, everything is relative, you know, as, as you get older, but. You know, I, I, as as kids, you think your life's almost over, and when you hit sixty, and there is right? nothing further from the truth. <laughs> right. So, so I, I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. So you went into the um, army reserve at like what year? I would say uh, ninety, like ninety ninety one is when I went okay. back in the army. So so they and they adjusted things. So I, I did eight years. So I got out in eighty six. Um, okay. And then, you know, live life for a while. Try, tried to make it on the outside. <laughs> okay. Okay. And then, uh, and then came back into the army reserve around 90, I want to say 90 something. Um, mm-hmm. Because I just, I wasn't life. Life was hard. I was a single mother. And I figured if I didn't go back in the military, I would lose those eight. And I gotcha. wasn't about to lose those eight. So I said, I need to capitalize on it and, and get this retirement because if nothing else, mm-hmm. I'm getting a retirement out of this military service. There you go. So what was your biggest surprise, uh, whether it be in the Navy or in the Army Reserve? What, what was your biggest surprise about that life, that lifestyle? Oh, well, the, the, the difference between the services. Right. OK. So <clears throat> in the Navy, the Navy is a, a real a real class system. Right. Meaning that mm-hmm. you have the officers, you have the chiefs, you have the enlisted. And okay. The people who do the work is the enlisted. Enlisted, right? right. And so, you know, the officer says, I want this done. They tell the chiefs. The chiefs say, okay, we'll get that done. And then they tell the enlisted. And then the enlisted do the work, right? Right. And 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 y'all can't fraternize. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. your friend because I'm your boss. Okay. Now, in the Army, it is leadership driven, but it's that the leaders are the servants of the people, meaning that as an officer, my job is to teach you to be able to survive out in the field. So okay. Okay. I need to be able to, I need to be able to do the work to teach you to do the work so that whether I'm there or not, we can do the work and the work gets done. Because if, if something happens to me and you all don't know how to do it, then what's the point of that? But I, but right. if you, but if you all need help, I need to be able to jump in and help you. But then that way you have a whole community. So like in the Navy, um, if a toilet needs to be cleaned, the officer would tell the the chief, chief, tell the enlisted, go clean that toilet. In the Army, it's like, we need to clean the toilets. Let's all get down here. The quicker we work, the quicker we get them done, and the quicker we can go hang out and rest. That's very interesting. Yeah, so the Army was a much more communal family System and actually, when we're out in the field, the officers serve the enlisted. They eat first; we eat last. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did not. I, I have not heard that perspective. So that's very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Thanks for sharing that with me. Yeah. So, as a nurse, we're going to tie this back around how it comes to back to the nine one what. So, <laughs> you know, people ask me all the time: "You should get a nurse," or tell me, "You should get a nurse." You should have a nurse on the show because you guys see some crazy stuff. Yes. Some crazy stuff. Yes. So why don't you just take us back through your memory uh, bank and just, you know, share with us just some of the crazier things that you've seen over your career as a nurse, whether it's funny things or, you know, 
you, I, I won't even put any type of parameters around. I'm just going to turn it over to you and let's just tell some stories about being a nurse and, and not just being a nurse because it, it's not it's not only, um, you know, this isn't something that solely happens with military. I mean, nursing is nursing. You you know, military is a microcosm of what's going on out in the real world. So right. you're going to see the same things that nurses are going to see in the real world. So let's talk about well, well, one thing, and I, and this is this is a this is a very interesting perspective that I got from the pandemic. Okay, okay. So because as I mentioned to you, so I was a surgical tech, right? So mm-hmm. I basically started wearing a mask, right, a mask for work in 1980. Okay? Right, as a surgical tech. So every day, you know, whenever I worked six eight hours a day, I would wear a mask. Now, the reason okay. for the mask, right, the reason for the mask is so that I don't contaminate the patient, right? Okay, right. So I'm wearing, so I'm wearing the mask to protect you. Correct. Right? Because I'm, yeah. we're working at the field. I want to make sure that my spit, whatever, doesn't get in the field. Okay? Right. So eight years in the Navy, I'm surgical tech. I'm always scrubbed in. I'm wearing a mask. 13 years as an Army surgical nurse, I'm wearing a mask, right? You're right. And, and I always had to, I could only, I could only accessorize my shoes, right? Okay. You, right. So I had, I had, I had red shoes with my initials, rhinestones on the side. But okay. That was, you had to bling was, something. You had to bling something. And that was the only thing I could bling. So, but everything else was just blue, right? The blue or whatever, or paper or whatever. So yeah. now the pandemic hits and I was like, so for me, I was like, woohoo, I can have a mask and a hat to match. <laughs> and it matched my outfit. <laughs> I was cute. I was cute. That I was, was like, funny. and people were like losing their minds over masks. Nurses. I was like, oh please, cut it out. Yeah, cut it out. Yeah, yeah. I was. I was fit to be tied. I was so upset because you know nurses uh, on the floor were wearing masks for like three hours. Oh, I'm so. I'm so. I was just like, stop it. Stop it. You've been doing this for years, for hours at a time. And yeah, you don't, don't complain because you have to wear it for a And they're crying about, you're right, you're right. And, and actually the same thing with vaccines, but we won't go into that. But anyway, it was just like, stop it. But no, so um, surgery, surgery is just, it's just very interesting because people, I think the funniest thing I think is when people try to pretend that they didn't eat something before surgery when they did. Because so why, why is that so important? You know, because you you can't eat past midnight. Is it just because if, if you aspirate or something like that? Yes. I guess? Well, well okay. so aspiration is choking to death. Yeah. So so yeah, we want to avoid that. <laughs> we want to avoid. And of course, if you're if you have food, then you could aspirate, and the the fluid goes into your lungs, and then of course you're gonna you're gonna die. So we we like to avoid those circumstances. So we tell people don't eat. So people will come in. And and one one in particular that I thought was so hilarious. She comes in, and she's got she's got Cheeto dust on her mouth, <laughs> right there, right Cheeto dust. And it was like, uh-huh. so, so were you eating Cheetos? No, no. Like I don't know. This, is a, this is a commercial was with a cat. What? Okay, but anyway, you, did you eat Cheetos? No, no. But but you have Cheeto dust on your face. Well, I just licked it. <laughs> So, so it wasn't even it wasn't even that she ate it at like twelve fifteen right after midnight. She like had some just before she came in. But the thing is, too, and 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 other nurses will tell you this that if they will admit to to licking a Cheeto, they ate ten. 
Everybody minimizes it. They tell you what they think they can get away with. That's what I'm saying. So if they say, I only, I smoke one cigarette. Yeah, you smoke a pack and a half. <laughs> true. True. Yeah, so, true. But yeah, so that so that's that's the funny, that's a funny thing. Um, let me see, what else? Huh. Oh, people well, they, I know they don't, you, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you well, I was go gonna ahead. say I, I know uh we've had we've had um I've had a a she was a surgical tech on and she shared a story about some folks that came in or a couple that came in um, and they were trying to spice up their love life and oh. they got objects stuck where they shouldn't have been stuck. Now, in this case, they didn't have to have surgery, but I think you had a case where you had to have things removed, surgically removed. Tell us about that. So we so we have had uh, different um Sometimes people come in and and, it, and it's very much like you like you shared that they're uh, that they're they're playing or they're spicing up their love life and 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 they lose track of stuff because they don't recognize that those um, those items because of their shape they're so cylindrical right they're very yeah. cylindrical and because again you're trying to um, soften the the entrance. So you use stuff like mineral oil and baby oil and stuff like that. So that's very slippery. And the thing yeah. is, what you have, you know, in your bowel, and that goes all the way down to your anus, rectum, right? Yeah. That, those areas. Peristalsis, right? I don't know what that means. But peristalsis is the movement of your gut, right? So oh, okay. The, Right, how how food moves through your you know gut all yeah, the time. Yeah, you got like right? your intestines, you got the muscles moving, they're always moving. That's yeah. that's peristalsis. It's always got some moving. Well, you know, it, it is a kind of a, a it's a it's a two way street. It really is a two way street, and it, okay. and you just have to you have to because we put because we give people medications that way, and it's a great way to give medications. You know, so you don't have to go through the gut and everything. So there yeah. is a sucking motion. There is a a capture <laughs> um, stimulus, whatever you want to call it. So what happens is they got that, the batteries going. And I, and I, I want to say, I can't remember cause I don't want to embellish too much, but I, I believe that the thing was still going when we got it out because you know, <laughs> it's buzzing, right? So they're using it. It's buzzing. They get it in there and it's slippery. And then, yeah. and then it's like, Oh wait, Ooh. And it's yeah. gone. Cause there's no stopper right? on it. And because Generally, they're long, so you can't yeah. get your finger around it. So you right. can't, and you can't get enough of your hand in there to get it out. So then you're just like going, you can't get it; it's gone, right? So now you have to have actual major surgery to have this thing removed, which is not wow. a happy thing. It's not, but but again, like you said, they all well. How did that happen? Well, uh, I was I was on the bicycle. <laughs> okay. Well, how were you? How it was? A, it was a stable. It was a stationary bike. Okay. But but what about the seat? Well, I, well, I took the seat off. Well, well, why would you take the seat off? <laughs> and then, and even if you took the seat off, why would you put that there? And then why? Would you, and then why would you ride naked? <laughs> right. I mean, all of these. It's just like, okay, you know what? Well, you can you know sweat what? more when you don't have clothes on. You sweat more. You know, it it, it gets. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yes. I do. Well, I, do hot, you... I do hot yoga, and we always have our clothes on. <laughs> and you have not ended up in the ER needing surgery. <laughs> not once. Yes. That's so funny. I, I believe actually in the episode where the uh, surgical tech was talking talking telling me the story. 
it was on as well because she said when the doctor pulled it out, he was so disgusted he, he threw it on the table buzzing. and it was still vibrating and vibrating <laughs> off the table because they they have those batteries in there. Those batteries last a long time, and so and they're probably in there still feeling it too. That's crazy. So they actually yeah. had to go to surgery, like be put under yeah. and have surgery. Uh, yes, because you can't get it. You can't get it out. So you have to actually operate to get them out so i mean they're they're really sh- I, I i don't know but there really should be a, a very good warning on there and i think they probably tell you even though it's kind of it's kind of confusing because i mean that is kind of why people get them so but yeah I but they're, they're also have if you're gonna put it in that orifice they're they're, they're they usually you, you 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 use a special one that has the little stopper thing on it <laughs> or, has a, or has a pull or has a pull yes right so i mean so exactly but uh, so again all brands are not going to have like all of the requisite warnings but just recognizing if you if you if you if it's somewhere like in your bow it can it can it's got lots of road Whereas some of the wow. other places, you know, you got you got a short runway. Where the other places, right. you got a whole lot of you got a whole lot of road. So just yeah, I didn't think about it like going. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't. I just like it's just in where you can't get it out. But I didn't even think about the no. fact you're right. You have all those muscles and stuff that can keep pulling well, the it. Bowel, in. The bowel is like several several football fields. And remember when it? Well, you not remember. Well, when it first goes in. So remember the bowel. So the bowel is it's like a, if you think of a square sort of. Right. So you have mm-hmm. so that so the the anus, the end part, right? Yeah. Then it goes into your rectum and it goes into your descending colon that then goes around to the ascending colon. I mean the um the transverse colon, right? And then so so it's like you have all of your bowels from the stomach, duodenum, all that. Then you have the ascending colon, transverse colon, and the descending colon. So when it's going back up, if it goes if it gets back up to the corner. You you're already too far in. Oh man! <laughs> right. Well, there's your anatomy lesson. You didn't think you're going to get that <laughs> on the nine one what podcast. So thank you very much, and hopefully everybody will pass their class. Um, so while we're on the, on such a, a strange topic, you also had um, maybe I guess it was a supervisor that uh, kind of punished <sighs> you for something her husband did, or not just yeah. you, but but a crew of you guys. Tell me about yeah. that. So we were so I so I was in the Navy. And um, we were already um, we were already kind of dejected because when you if you think about it, the military, we get paid 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So we get paid 24 hours. So we had already figured out we made like a dollar 15 an hour. Right. Because we get paid <laughs> yeah. on a 24 hour clock. But even though we're OR techs and we have to clean the OR and we appreciate it because, again, um, my philosophy was. Um, I'm cleaning the table like my mother's the next person to be on it. That's how I roll, right? So that's what I'm doing. And that's doing. good. That's good. Right? Because that keeps, that like, keeps people safe. It does. And so we're cleaning. And so so it's around Christmas time, but we had had this one nurse, and she was kind of hateful anyway. She was a hateful woman. I'm not going to say her name. I still remember her name, but I won't say her name. But <laughs> she was a fine. hateful, right? She was a hateful person. But and she was like hateful just for no reason. Like I said it was Navy, so it was very class system. And she was yeah. just hateful for no reason. And then, unbeknownst to us, on the on the surgery schedule, what? That's that's her husband. What is he here for? Venereal warts? What? <laughs> what? Like right? And so, of course, he's on the schedule. Everybody yeah. knows that's her husband because it's the same last name. Yeah. So, yep. so, you know, so after that day, it was like people, 
right? All over the whole. So, you know, so she feeling some kind of way because she just been awful anyway. So yes. we were so so it's Christmas Eve and we're fielding a room and she's and she's going through with her white glove, you know, and she found a piece of an ampule in the corner of the room and made uh-huh. us redo the whole thing. Wow. Made us redo now, the is, whole thing. What does fielding mean now? I, again, I, I have oh. never, I've been a police officer, but I've not been in the military. Cleaning. You're clean and, and we're cleaning at surgical level. So that gotcha. means that cleaning the room so, as if you know a surgery is about to transpire. Right, and and the bed we had to clean, we had to crank the beds up, and they weren't like the electric ones like now. <laughs> yeah, like you know, <laughs> so we had to crank those beds up, and then we had to go up and clean up underneath. There's like trays you'd lift them up and you clean them, and then the the cushions. So I mean, and then they would go through, and again, this is a this is a piece of equipment. If you go through mm-hmm. a piece of equipment with a glove, if there's You're oil find or, something. or grease. Right. And but right. that's how she was going through it. And and you know, it was clean because we knew who she was, but then she found that little corner of the thing and made us do it all over again. And it was just like, but it's like, okay. Wow. Yeah, look, but look, but but we but we know who you are though. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. right. So mm-hmm. but that was, yeah. it was but that was ugly. But that was but see, but that's the kind of stuff that really happened in the Navy. So that kind of had me turn off on the Navy because you know, mm-hmm. they would they would do stuff like that. Uh, Army, not yeah, so much. I, I guess I was kind of under the impression that, you know, um, and it may be a little bit, you know, obviously, you know, more than I, but I was under the impression that that kind of stuff, it just happens wherever you are. I mean, whatever branch of military you are, you get, you know, you got, you have the hazing, you have people that you, you got one person that messes up and you're the, whether it's your sergeant or even up above makes everybody do everything again, just because, you know, and, and part of it is breaking everybody down, obviously, because you're a unit and everybody's paying for the, 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 the mistake of that one person. So, you know, so he understands that or she understands that what I do affects everyone around me and don't do it again but um yeah. but yeah and i, and I always kind of thought the fraternization and everything was was you know separate but i do understand too that especially when you have the branches that are out in the field more so that you also do have those leaders the, the officers are out there with them on the battlefield and, and things like that you know um so i can see how 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 there is a closeness there it's not a you go do this and i'm gonna sit over here because they're they are out there with you well, I know. And I, I don't know the name of the movie, but um, remember, there was a movie where um, uh, they were out in the field and the and the men killed their officer. I don't know that movie either. It's a, I, I'm, I'm a have, well, I, I try to find it because I think I, I want to say Sam Jackson, but I don't think it was. But um, whoever it was, he was like, oh, he was like a son of a you know what. And, mm-hmm. and they hated him. And, and that's what you know, like the whole like the whole fragging thing. That's yeah. why it's like that's why officers is like you better watch your stuff because if you're if your people don't like you and you're out in the field together y'all all have weapons yeah a lot yeah. of a lot of a lot of officers got taken out by friendly fire which wasn't so friendly but you know yeah. it's like they're air safe quotes guys. yeah mistakes happen yep right I get so it. and so that's why you want to make sure that your people love you now when I was whenever I was an officer in charge OIC my folks loved me because. We all have to, we all have to work together for the unit mission. And, you know, and so they they love me because I'm, I'm your servant. But see, I grew up in the church. (laughs) There you go. Right. And so the minister, the minister is the servant of all. So if I'm your leader, if I'm your shepherd, I'm the one who needs to make sure we all get 
So, you know, I had my, look, my guys would, they look, they would take a bullet for me. Thank you. You don't yeah. have to. Well, and, but, and a good leader, that's what you want. You know, your people, yeah. uh, they trust you and, and that's what yeah. they're going to do. They're going to go and they're going to, they're going to work yeah. hard for you and they're going to, you know, they're willing to lay down their life for you because they that's know like, that you do the same for them. That's like my guys where I am right now. Cause you know, I'll look, I'll, okay, Mrs. Jones. Okay, Mrs. Jones. Cause you know, I'm an old lady, but look, like I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on it for them. They know that I. They can count on me uh, to to get it right. They don't have to worry about it. So, and I know well, they, would, they would. They would. Yeah. Go ahead. Now, um, I want to shift gears a little bit because you have been all over the world. You know, yes. you, what, what would you say is, you know, I think you've been you spent a lot of time in Germany, I think. Yeah. Um, and I, I see a note where you were uh, in Iraq. Right. No, was no, Iraq? no, 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 no. I was just just in Germany, Lonstool, just in Lonstool and um, in Georgia, Fort Benning, Georgia. Uh, oh, oh, OK. All right. Texas. Yeah, when I was in Longstool, and we used to we got a lot of people from Iraq. Uh, over. Okay, so I was I was, I was reading time. the note about you watching the protesters destroy uh, so Sodom's we were, statue. We were in we were in the Chow Hall. I was in the oh, Chow okay. Hall, and and we're watching them pull down Saddam's statue while President Bush was saying the war was over. Yeah, yeah. We were like, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold hold on a minute. The war is not over. Why are you telling them that? I'm in Germany in the Chow Hall. Uh-huh. They yeah. pulled down Saddam and he's like, the war is over. No, it's not. Don't tell them that. Don't tell people that. <laughs> well, I thought they so, pulled the statue down after it was when they had defeated him and, and Saddam was gone or whatever, or hiding but, or something. I don't know. But the thing is, he's telling the American public that the war is over. If the war is over, why am I still in Germany? <laughs> well, there is that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, and 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 we were there under duress because it was like um, we we weren't we weren't gonna, we were on orders for almost a year. We were on now. I didn't have to stay for a year, and we had other people mad at us about that. But uh-huh. uh, but yeah. So, but our orders were like a year. But um, so, but the military, but the military again. They they're funny. They 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 work on a budget. They work on like a budget for real for real. So right. um, we came in in August. No, no. We came in in April of 2003, April of 2003. We were like the second or third team in to Longstuhl, Germany. Right. So mm-hmm. by the by the rules, we should all rotate out in the order that we got there. Right. right. So when we got there, people was like, woohoo, because that means they're closer to they're closer to leaving. Right, because you see, guys are technically their relief, you know. So right, somebody's right. getting ready to go home, right? But then somebody, somebody decided, oh, but we could save a whole lot of money if we send these people home before they inc- uh, accrue benefits. Ah, right, because again, the army likes to be on a budget, right? Yeah, and so they basically kind of screwed us because we were not there for six months. Because after six months, because we were reservists. Six months, you start getting benefits. Gotcha. Gotcha. So they sent us home in August. And the people okay. that had been there, that still had to stay there, oh, they was mad. Oh, they were I mad. Bet. I because bet. Because I had a granddaughter. Family. I had a granddaughter due uh, in August. On August, uh, like, fi- August 15th. Look, I don't let me uh-huh. get it wrong. Sorry, baby. If I Okay. August 15th. And so, of course, I get there April, May. I know my grand um, granddaughter's my um, my daughter in law is pregnant, and I'm like the baby's due in August. They like, oh, you're gonna miss 
listen. I was like, stop it. They were like, oh, look, they were like, forget it. You know, I was just like, but I, but I, I really want to make it. Oh, well, you, you just going to be in trouble. I was like, but, but y'all don't know God like I do. I, <laughs> do you know I was home a week before she was born? Oh, that's I was good. there. I was. I got that to witness awesome. her birth, and that's why I told her. That I was like, awesome. "Y'all don't know him like I do." Woo-hoo. So I was gone. See, so everybody, was, your whole that whole your, that whole deployment got to uh, benefit from your relationship with God. So he, he's, he's, he's taking care of you, and they all got to benefit from it. And he always has. That's like I was uh, <laughs> um, some of those. Um, some of those life uh, uh, events that um, I mean, he's 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 covered me a couple of times. There you he's go. Covered me a couple of times. Now, um, from the outside looking in, when we talk about the various branches of the military and whatnot, the Marines are always thought of, in my opinion, anyway. And all my Marines listening, I know y'all are going to agree with this: are the baddest, the toughest. You know, I know each branch has their 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 people that fit in that category, but just as a group. You had to pick one branch that who is the who is the baddest one out here? It's the Marines. And you actually have a story about a Marine that yep. was, yeah, apologetic because he couldn't return to his troops. Tell us about that. Yeah. So um, so so and I'm sure you know that the Marine Corps does not have a medical medical department. And so the Navy automatically covers the Marine Corps. So they are our they are a part of us because we care for them because that's what we do the navy right. well i always told that the navy you guys are just a transportation for the marines no so so, let me, so let me, <laughs> no no so, so let me tell you this it's even i'm just messing funny. with you <laughs> no 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 i don't i don't have a problem with it but in when i was in the um when i was in longstool right because uh-huh. i would get on army so i would hear the that's Germany. air force right and i would hear the army talking you know what about the air force everybody uh, talks that, crap about the air force but that was but that was the conversation was that bring my bring my men here you are just a taxi service you don't get to say just go get my men and bring them so yeah yeah but yeah so so we there should be no problems between the marine and the navy because we care for the navy as far so what what had happened was um, <laughs> <laughs> we're in, you know, so we're in Lonsdale and we're getting a lot of people. So I was actually in Lonsdale when um, Jessica Lynch was found and they okay. took her. Then remember, they took her to Lonsdale. That's I was there when she was there, when they did okay. that, um, that um, uh, what is it? When they have people there, the meeting or whatever, all of them that were talking. Cause remember the one girl got shot in her ankles and she, okay. Anyway, one of the Marines that came in had been injured, and so they put him on a ventilator. Okay, uh-huh. and so and and every time they would go because he was getting stronger, he was um, you know making progress, and so they go to see if okay, are you strong enough that we can get you off the ventilator? Right. So mm-hmm. they would they would they would get him, set him up. They would take the tube out to see if he would be able to breathe or sustain it on his own. And sometimes he wasn't strong enough, but instead of like saying, Ooh, I don't have to go back. He would, he would be apologizing because he wanted to get back on his feet so he could get back down range for his troops. Yeah. Was like, be there for his man. It was like, I'm not, look, I can't be lounging here in the hospital. I need to be down range with my boys. And it's like, right. well, you're not strong enough. And he would just be so apologetic. He was so upset. It's just like, just relax. 
I can't relax until I can go back down range. So he's trying to get better so he can go back down range. Wow. Right. Dedication. I mean, I mean it's, 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 it's a different breed and, and just military yeah. in general. You know, most, most of the guys are, are, are people going there for that reason. They want to serve and, and you, you have some people that go because they don't really feel like they have a choice and they don't really want to be there. But when you're going, particularly in the army, the the Marines, I mean, you want to serve and you do not want to let your brother, man or sister, girl, whatever you want to right. call it down. Right, right, right. And, and so I, I, I see that. I, but I, I just think it's soldier. very moving when yeah. you have someone that um, that really expresses that. Yeah. No, we 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 felt that way, too. He was he I mean, obviously, he was a special person. And that was, I guess, the other. And I, I'll just I'll bring it up. Uh, the the one the when I took care of the young fella. So. He and he was and he was a kid. He was a kid, and I, and his sergeant did him a disservice, right? Oh, okay. Because yeah, because they're out on the road, they're they're um, doing their uh, patrol, and the the tank stalls. So then he tells his boy to go take off the radiator cap when it's hot. Hot hot radiator cap. Okay. And I'm not even I'm not even a mechanic, but I know you don't take off a radiator cap when it's hot. Right. You know? Right. And so, you know, I'm sure probably he he knows, you know, these 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 boys from the farm, they know better than doing, yes. doing that. But you probably had some city boy sergeant who said, no, go take the radiator. He was like, but Sarge, that don't make no sense. Do what I tell you. Right. So then yeah. he takes it off. So then he's burned. Right. Wow. Face, arms, hands. Right. So he's they sent him to the hospital. For whatever reason, they got him all checked in, got him all ready, and they sent him down to Chow. Now, mm-hmm. we encountered him heading toward Chow as we're leaving because Chow was over, right? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, uh, one of my girlfriends and I, we're leaving the Chow Hall, and he's coming down here with his orders, but the Chow Hall is closed. And it's like, what you, like, what you doing? Well, they sent me down to eat. I was like, it's, you know, I was like, here, let me. So I took him to Subway. I took him to Subway. Okay. You know, I told him, you know, you know, look, get whatever you want. Um, and then, um, you know, they come and they say, well, I said, look, look uh, get my boy whatever he want. Right. So he get a sandwich and his chips and his soda and his cookie. Right. Yeah. And then we just talked. We just talked. And then, you know, and then he went on back uh, where he was. But I just felt bad because they sent him down there and he couldn't even get. And if, if nobody had been there, he couldn't have eaten. Yeah, he would have been hungry. Yeah. And so I just wow. so that was that. So that was a a, a, a sunny spot. In Longstuhl, Germany, um, yeah, it wasn't all bad, but but that was a good that was a good day. That was a good yeah. Day. Well, I mean, you you I mean, you're going to make a difference where you know your profession being a nurse, you, you're making a difference wherever you go anywhere, whether it's in Germany or whether it's in Georgia, whether it's in yeah. you actually were at Walter Reed, you know, you served yes. you served oh there, God. which is pretty. That's that's got to be pretty prestigious, I would imagine. You know, and so, being there, and, people think it's pretty cool. And the the funny part, so this is again we talk about cycles and cyclical. So yes. Bethesda, Bethesda Naval Hospital in Maryland was my very first duty station. That's why I went to OR school. Okay. So my very first duty station was Bethesda, and my last duty station was Walter Reed National Military Medical Center, Bethesda. Wow. Full circle. Wow. Yeah, that's got to make you proud, though. Yeah. No, I did. I was just like when I when I saw it, I was just like wow. And and I've been in the military all my life. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 
Is that that's sad? Awesome. <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's okay. a good thing. We okay, we need people. I, I I have I have my dad was in the navy too. He was he was okay. he was in the navy, and I have my my next to youngest son is a is an airman. Uh, he is a it, fire in fire protection, and my uh, my oldest son is actually a B two bomber pilot. So you know oh, they can okay. talk about the air force, but they sure do like hearing uh, you know hearing <laughs> hearing those missiles fly over their head to provide some cover when they right, right. <laughs> when they need it. Absolutely, <laughs> um, but. But yeah, I know they all, you know, everybody wants to give each other a hard time, but it's all in good fun. Just like police and fire, you know, they, yeah. they, they act like they hate each other, but they all support <laughs> one another. So, you know, we just right. got to have some fun. But before we, it, it, time is going by so fast. So I want to make sure that you tell us about your podcast because you have a pretty cool, you're doing something really neat uh, with a podcast that you're just starting. Tell us about it. Yeah. So, so my podcast and, and I always wanted to start a podcast and, I've got lots of different books, but it's like, well, what do I talk about every single time? So I said, you know what? I'm going to be able to talk about whatever I want to. So I call it KB's World. KB's so World. Like KB's World. So no matter what I talk about, I'll talk about. But what? So my first uh, sessions, my first eight sessions are actually um, focusing on my book. One of my books. One of my books is called KB's Black History. And so okay. um, over the years, I collected black history things for my kids and then they grew up and moved away. <laughs> so I, right. I ha- so I have this treasure trove of black heritage um, cards that um, I that I have that I that I do um, podcasts about. So I decided to okay. do a podcast on this. So the first the first ones are about 16 visual artists. And I, I'm not sure. I, I, I say African American, but I'm, I'm going more towards Black American because uh-huh. we're we're Black Americans is what we are. Right. And so, um, so these uh, 16 artists are either uh, paint or um, uh, collages or sculpture or whatever. Just artists. You know how we do. Just artists. But there's yes. uh, 16 of them, and so I get to talk about them and. Some of the things that I've really noticed about them is that, number one, a lot of them don't really get their groove on until they're 60 or so. There you a go. A lot of them. A lot of them. <laughs> uh-huh. Right. Like they'll be 60. It's like we're just not getting it going. It's like that's what I'm talking about. Right. Yeah. And when you talk about as hard as it is for us today, they had it really bad. Yeah. Right. They had yeah. it really tough. We think we have it tough now. And we do because it could be better. But the way they had it, it was really bad. And it was just yeah. right past slavery. And they still did their thing. You know, I mean, it wasn't always, you know, fun, but it didn't stop them. They did right. it. So the resilience. And then and then the way that they went from painting to music to this to that. And a lot of the critics will say, oh, well, you know, he stopped doing that. And and then he started. No, he 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 just he's doing all of it. Y'all don't understand because you don't understand us. Right. But, but it's we very interesting. It it's very interesting. I want to. I don't. I don't want to make this. You know, get too far off in the weeds. But I want to ask you this, because there are some people that say, "Well, we don't need Black history anymore. It's just history." Tell me why Black history is important. Well, the the main reason is because it has been um, excluded. Right. right. When you when you know when you have when you have white people that think that black people are lazy, mm-hmm. that's because y'all don't know black history. Because anything that has been invented that provides comfort or 
um, ease of work was created by a black person. Why? Because we were doing the work. Y'all wasn't doing the work. Y'all wasn't trying to make our work easy, right? So the things that are created that you now use for your everyday comfort in life was created by black people because we didn't have it. We created it so we would have it for you to have it. And then you took it and away anyway. So just to make sure that people know that black history is the history of the of the country and it's, it's separate and distinct and fabulous because you all try to keep us hidden. You try to keep it from us. You try to keep it from us because you knew that if we knew how fabulous we really were, uh, it was going to be over with. Yes. That's why it's important. And I'll just interject because I don't like to use generalities. I'll interject people. There were there were certain segments of people that did exactly that, tried to yes. keep it from us. And I'll say that, yes. you know, when you learn history in school, obviously you can't, you, there's not time in school to learn everybody's history or all history. But the fact that uh, so much of what we learned, as you said, is excluded. You know, you went, went as a as a black man in, um, you know, going growing up and going to high school. Um, about the only thing you learn about is George Washington Carver. Oh, yeah, we, right. we did a bunch of stuff with peanuts. But there is so much more that that um, black Americans did contribute to the American way well, that you don't I mean, the, the, the first the first four, the first four. So the first podcast was uh, John James Audubon and Francis. Uh, Julian Francis Abel, right? Audubon was the one who, all the banding of the birds, he was one of the first people who did that. All of the, um, the you, way that the birds, You're talking about banding the birds to tag them to uh, to, to track, right? tracking that, was, that type of he thing. Was, he was one of the first ones to do that. He was yes. the first ones to do that. And um, uh, wiring birds for taxidermy. That was John James Audubon. He did all yes, that. Yes, and I learned that from listening to your podcast and he created this huge catalog that didn't get much as much recognition here as it should have. And it wasn't until he went overseas and well, you know re- they realized which, how extensive that was. Which a lot of it yeah. is like that. And, yes. and then, of course, Francis Abel, the whole Duke University campus. He designed mm-hmm. it. His firm and got the, the credit. Yes, and he designed it. And, and I was going to ask you to give a couple of examples and I was going to ask you about that specifically. So I'm glad you did. And what what at what what makes it so painful when you think of these things is like that and other cases as well. He designed Duke University, but he couldn't he never got to set foot on the campus, never got to set foot on the campus. I mean, his picture hangs there now. I said, I guess that's the least they can do. Uh, <laughs> but, but they're still not shouting to the hills that Duke University was uh, constructed by. A, um, a man of color. Um, you yep. know, the Capitol was um, Benjamin Banneker. I did not. Actually, I think I did know that. Yes, I did know that. You, you probably have heard it. But the but yes, the, I actually the, I did. But the, the full story is that he he worked with some of the some of the guys. Um, he did clocks because he was a clockmaker at that time. That's mm-hmm. when he started as a clockmaker because he was free. Um, but then some of the um, the town fathers. He, he was in with them because that's where he got all his astronomy because he did all kinds of things with um, um, what they call it ephemeris, where you kind of track the, the stars and you track the waters. And uh, um, what's the thing um, for the for the um, for the farmers? Right. The every oh, the year farmers almanac and all this yeah, stuff. He, just a, yeah, so, he just, did, yeah. so he did an almanac. Right. And, and all the predictions. So when when they were going to do the um the capital they brought a frenchman over la enfant the baby uh-huh. la enfant <laughs> they brought him over as the architect and and benjamin just was happened to be there so he did his whole thing 
And for whatever reason, he decided that he, they weren't doing something he liked or, or he, they was, he was doing something he didn't like. So he was like, fine, I'm going to take my plans and go home. And he did. He uh-huh. left. And they were like, well, I guess we screwed. Benjamin Banneker said, oh, wait, hold on. I, I can recreate it. He recreated the whole, all the, he recreated all of the plans to wow. allow them to go forward. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very interesting to learn it because I, yeah. I I learned something when I listened to the episodes and, you know, you, things like the street, like traffic light, you know, the, the, the that yes. was a derivative of a, of a, a, yes. a, a black American that designed those, the early traffic lights. There's just, uh-huh. it just goes on and on. And I think well, even blood. designed Washington, D.C. R.H. factors, R.H. factors, blood, blood types. Yep. And blood transfusions. Yeah, that that was that was all. And and he he died because he couldn't get a blood transfusion because the hospital that he went to was white, and they sent him to a was black a white hospital. hospital. And he yes, died. and he died. Yeah, and there's so many ironic stories like that. Yeah, the guy that actually you know invented the modern day what can be considered led to the modern day blood transfusion died because yeah. he could not get a blood transfusion. Dr. Charles uh, Drew. Yes. Dr. Charles yes. Drew. Absolutely. So we could go on and on and on for days. And I know that's not what the nine one podcast is all about, <laughs> but it's it is so interesting. And, and the thing about it is it's not just for um, people of color. It's just like like American history is not just for, um, you know, a certain segment. It's for anybody that's, it's that's for everyone partaking in this country. It's, yeah, it's for all of us, because if we can understand what each of us contributed you know, um, we can look at people a little differently and not, as you said, you know, there's a segment of people that have been raised to think that um, because someone has a certain pigmentation, they're inherently lazier and, or inherently anything. Right. Nothing could be further from the truth. You right. have segments or you have individuals of particular groups that do certain things as they do with any group of people. Humans. <laughs> and that's not humans indicative of the entire group of people. Humans so. are humans and you have you have some you have dirty humans and you have good humans and it don't it don't yes. matter how much melanin you have in your skin you have some bad ones and you have some good ones. Right. Well, Stephanie K. Baker-Jones, you know, you have to cut that down, you know, get rid of some of those names. But thank no. you so very much for uh joining us. So, KB's is called KB's World. Yes. All right. So the podcast is KB's World and your books, you want to tell us the name of those books real quick that you have if somebody wants to yeah. find them. So the, um, the, my, my favorite book is, uh, is called Journey to Self, How to Get Back to You. That's on Amazon. That actually is um, when I lost my, my, my life husband and, and, and got myself back together again. So that's a good one. Uh-huh. Journey to Self, How to Get Back to You. That's on Amazon. My um, KB's World or KB's Black History, that's on Lulu.com. It's kind of weird because I didn't know what I was doing. So you had to put in KB's Black Heritage. Volume one, Kay Baker, it'll come up. And then I do I'll tell have you what, a you send me the link. If you'll send me the link, I'll put it in the show notes. So if anybody okay. wants it, you can just go to my show notes, click on the link, and we'll send you right to it. I'll, look, I'll send you whatever I can, and then we'll go from there. But thank you. I, <laughs> we'll I, I so appreciate I so appreciate you even taking the time because I don't think I'm anybody, even though I think I'm fantastic, but I don't think <laughs> I'm really anybody. And so thank you. I appreciate it. Well, we're all fantastic in our own ways. And Stephanie, I appreciate you taking the time to come on and share part of your story. And and I really appreciate appreciate you sharing stories of others before you that people have not heard very much. So it's really enlightening. And I, again, like I said, I think it's eye opening for anyone 
to just go back and listen to some of the contributions that that people of color have made to this country. Uh, it's fascinating. So thank you guys so much. And as I always ask you, make sure you like the episode, follow the episode and wherever you're listening, make sure you give me a five star rating. I love five star ratings and share it. Tell other people about it. And also, if you have any suggestions or any um, guests that you'd like to be like for me to have, just shoot me an email at 91what.podcast at gmail.com. And until next time, you have a blessed day. Thanks for listening to 91 What? We hope you enjoyed the show. If you have comments or suggestions, please email us at 91what.podcast at gmail.com. And thanks to Carlos Bail Bonding and Eric Buchanan and Associates for making this episode possible. 